Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern-style worship and an on-time message from God's Word by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here's this week's message. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29 are some of the most familiar passages in the book of Romans. You may have quoted it a number of times. We want to read it. We'll focus on that today. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. That He might be the firstborn among many brethren. If you take notes, I'd like for you to write down the title of this message is Finding Rest on God's sculpturing table. Finding rest on God's sculpturing table. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the privilege to preach your word and share it. And I just ask, Lord, that you would help us to all really pay attention to what we're going to be talking about this morning because we're going to need it. Some of us need it today. Others of us will need it tomorrow and some will need it a week from now. We need to know the truths of this reality that we are on your sculpturing table and that you're working in us. We need to know that. And I pray that you help us to understand that, grab hold of that, and it will be transformed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. I preached this message about 12 years ago when I first came here. And uh, the reason I'm preaching is because the Lord laid on my heart, and I'll share a little bit about that. Uh, a little bit later in the message. But uh, in regard to that, most of you wouldn't remember that I preached it 12 years ago because you don't remember what I preached last week, probably. But, uh, but uh, I'm in between series. Last week we finished up the book of James, and in two weeks from now I'll start a new series. So I had one message to preach before the Labor Day weekend. Brother Gary's going to be preaching next Sunday morning, so you come support him and listen to the good word he's got for you next Sunday morning. But in between that, I had this one message, and so I said, well, I want, to, I want to just do something, a favorite message, and something I feel like that God would have me to do. And so as I searched and studied through that and looked at it, I found this message, and it's, I'll share with you a little bit why that's kind of interesting at this time. And it is called Finding Rest on God's Sculpturing Table. A man was making his way from his home to his work when he, as he was passing by one of these shops, he saw some men wrestling with a large rock, a large boulder. They were taking it out of the back of the truck and they were making it into a shop. Whenever he went by there and he saw him wrestling with this large rock, he happened to notice on, on the window of the shop, it said a sculpturing shop. And so he sat there, he had a minute, sat there and watched them wrestled in and they took that large rock and they placed it right in the window of that sculpturing shop. He thought, man, that's interesting that they wrestled that much to do it. He's wondering what's going to happen. So he found himself every day as he crossed by there going back and forth to work. He would look at that and he'd see the sculpture working on that. But this is a large, large rock. And he seems to make no headway at all. So he finally gets a little bit bored about it and forgets about looking at it until months go by. And after months, something just spurred his mind. He said, you know, I'm going to look in there and see what's happening with that big rock. And as he goes by there, there in the window of that sculpturing shop is this magnificent sculpture of a horse. A horse, it is so real that you can see the veins running down his neck. 
It looks as though the horse could run and could be alive. And he was utterly amazed at what had come out of that rock. He was so utterly amazed, he took a moment, went inside there, and wanted to meet the sculptor who had made that horse. And when he looked at it, he said, this is the most magnificent thing I've ever seen in my life. I cannot believe it. I saw a few months ago when they brought that rock in here, they placed it in there, and I watched for a while, but didn't see anything. And now I've come, and I see this horse. He said, would you please tell me, how in the world did you get that horse out of that rock? And the sculptor simply said, well, I just knocked off everything that didn't look like a horse. Isn't, isn't that really what he did? He knocked off everything that didn't look like a horse. Let me tell you something. You today, I hope you're one of those who has been placed on God's sculpturing table. We'll talk about who is it that's on God's sculpturing table. And just as that big rock, that sculptor was working on it, you at some point in your life are placed on God's sculpturing table and God, who's the master sculptor, begins to work on you. He begins to work on you, to form you, and to shape you, to mold you, and to make you into the image of His Son. You realize that? You are on God's sculpturing table. And He's going to work many different ways to form Jesus in you, to conform you to the image of Jesus. And that's what Paul is talking about. He says, for we know, I know, that God causes all things to work to good for those who are called according to His purpose. Those who love Him are called according to His purpose. So we're going to focus on that today. The first thing I want you to see in this passage, and you need to leave, the, leave it open because we're going to look at every word, all right? The first thing I want you to see is who is it that is placed on God's sculpturing table? Now, that's very important. Who is it that is placed on God's sculpturing table? Is everybody in the world placed on God's sculpturing table? The answer to that is no. So who is it that's on God's sculpturing table? Listen to what it says here in verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. Here it is. To those who, one, love God. To those who love God. Do you know who's on God's sculpturing table? Those people who love God. Not only that, listen. And to those who are called according to his purpose. You know who that's describing? That's describing a child of God. It's describing a believer. It's describing a Christian. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to heaven, there's one thing that's true about you. You're going to love God. Amen? If you don't love God, I promise you, you're not going to make it to heaven. But if you're a child of God and you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb... You love God. And not only do you love God, the second thing about it, it says, and you've been called according to his purpose. Do you know how you got saved? You didn't decide to get saved. You just didn't come up one day and said, I think I'm just going to get saved. That's not the way it happened. It says, you do not come to the Father unless the Father calls you. And the way that you're saved and the way that you're redeemed and the way you're headed to heaven is because Jesus Christ called you. The Father called you, called your name, gave you the opportunity, the prompting of your heart. And whenever you responded to him, you became a child of God. So here's the picture. The people who are sitting on God's sculpturing table are not just everybody in the world. It is a child of God. 
Whenever you got saved and gave your heart to Christ, God picked you up just like that big rock and put in that window. God picked you up with who you are and he places you on his sculpturing table. You as a child of God are there right on God's sculpturing table. You are unique because you're a child of God. You are not just like somebody in the world. You understand that? It says in Ephesians chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 10, that you are God's workmanship. That means God has molded you, made you, and is working in you. As a child of God, when you got saved, he called you, he placed you on that sculpturing table, and he began to work on you. And do you know how long he's been planning this? Do you know how long he's been planning this? Look what it says here in verse 28. And 29, it says, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined or predetermined that they become conformed to his image. Do you know how long God had a plan for you? Before eternity, before the world ever started, from eternity to eternity, he's had his plan for you. He foreknew you. He foreknew you and he knew he was going to call you and he knew that as he called you you'd respond he knows everything about you his plan for you has been from eternity and he has already predetermined that as he called you and as you would respond to him he has predetermined that he is going to shape you and mold you into the image of his son that's his plan for you So who is it that's on that sculpturing table, my friend? If you're a child of God, you are on God's sculpturing table. He is working on you. He is working with you. He's doing all he can to form you and shape you into the image of his son. If you're not on God's sculpturing table, you need to get there. Amen. (laughs) If you're not a child of God, you need to get saved. You need to understand that you want to be under the hand of God and you want to be the master sculptor, be working in your life. You don't want to be sitting over there letting the world just dictate and conform you. You don't want the pressures of this life to do it. You don't want the old enemy to be the one who's doing it. You want to be under the hand of the master sculptor, and that is God. How do you get there? You give your heart to Christ. As you give your heart to Christ, he takes you and he places you there on that sculpturing table. So I hope and pray that you are on God's sculpturing table. Now, here's the next question. What is he seeking to do in you? What's he seeking to do in us? Here's what it tells us. Look at verse 28. And the same, I mean, uh, verse 28. And we know that God causes all things, here it is, listen now, to work together, underline these words, for good. Do you know what God is doing? You know, you know what he's doing in your life? You know, you know what he's trying to accomplish? He's accomplishing good. He's wanting to do good in you. Now, most of us are glad to hear that. Say, so, boy, I tell you what, I'm glad. I want God to bring me all the good stuff that he has. Wait a minute. Before you think about that, let's talk about what good is, all right? What is good to God? What does it mean that God is working to make you good? What does that mean? Well, it, it, it comes back to a story about Jesus. Jesus helped us to understand God's perspective of good. It's when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he wanted to know about eternal life. But when he came to Jesus asking about eternal life, he said, Good teacher, what must I do to be saved or to have eternal life? 
before Jesus ever answered him about that question, he first said, why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? For only God is good. Now, we know that Jesus is God, but the rich young ruler didn't recognize him as God. He called him good teacher. And Jesus stops there and says, hold on a second. If you don't recognize me as God and you don't see me as the son of God, then don't call me good, for there's nothing that's good except God. So when God talks about good, he's talking about that which is related to him or that which is like him or what we would call godly. So when Jesus and God are working in your life, And they're trying to do something in your life. They're wanting you to be good. And that means they want you to be godly. That means they want you to be like Jesus, who is godly, the son of God. He is going to work, do everything he can to make you godly, to make you like his son. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. That means this. You need to write this down, all right? That means this. God is not nearly as concerned about your happiness as he is about your holiness. Uh Uh-oh. Did y'all hear that? I mean, we want to be happy. We want God to make us happy. We want to always be happy. God is not concerned about our happiness. He is concerned about our holiness. Our happiness will come and go, but our holiness prepares us for heaven. Amen? And therefore, he is working this good in our life. He is working to bring about that in our life. He's going to make you and me more and more godly, more and more like his son. For see, it says that he is actually conforming us into the image of his son. Isn't that what it said? He's conforming us to the image of his son. So, so let, me tell you, let me tell you about that a minute. What is God doing and how is God sculpturing your life? Well, there's something called creative art. Creative art is the ability that some people have to create art in their mind. In other words, they just can think it up in their mind and they begin to form that art. It's called creative art. But there's another type of art called patterned art. Patterned art is that person doesn't necessarily have the ability just to think in their minds and draw something. But they do have the ability that when they see something, they can draw it. In other words, if they can see it, a pattern of it, they can draw it just like it's there. They can copy that. My wife is not a creative artist. She's a patterned artist. If you can show her anything, she can draw it. I mean, she can make it look just like that looks over there, but she doesn't necessarily create out of her mind. She uses patterned art. Well, what does God do when he comes to you? God doesn't use creative art when it comes to you and what he's trying to do as you're on his sculpting table. He uses patterned art. For see, the pattern is his son. He's conforming you into the image of his son. That means that Jesus is looking at you sitting on the sculpturing table and he's looking at his son. And as he's looking at you and looking at his son, he's got to knock off everything in you that's not like his son. Right? That's what he's going to do. 
He's going to do everything he can to form you and shape you and to make you more like Jesus. That's why every day in our lives we need to pray, God, help me to be more like Jesus. God, help me to be conformed into the image of your son. That is your purpose in me. He is working to make us good, to make us godly, to conform us into the image of his son. So, children of God, placed on God's sculpturing table for God to mold them and make them, to make them godly, to make them like his son. Here's the next question. What does God use? What does God use? It tells us right here. Look at Romans 8, 28. For we know, here it is, listen, that God causes all things to work together. Uh-oh. Did y'all see that? God causes all things to work together for our good. You need to take that little three-letter word, all, and you need to circle that in your Bible. God uses all things. Everything and all things God is using in your life. Now, I tell you, sometimes... We feel like we've got to defend God. Let me tell you something about God. You don't have to defend him, amen? He's fine. You don't have to defend God. And you don't have to worry about what somebody thinks about the image of God or the character of God. God is fine. Just listen to the word and hear what it says. What do I mean by that? Well, sometimes whenever people read that passage, well, now God doesn't do everything. God doesn't do everything in regard to this. And and it's really over here. And this is what's happening. You just got to understand where God, let me tell you about God. Whenever you got saved, he placed you in the palm of his hand. All right. You're in the palm of his hand. Nobody can take you out of the palm of his hand and no one can do anything to you except God would allow it for your good to make you godly and for God's glory. And you don't have to worry about anything else beyond that. He uses all things in our life to mold us, make us, and shape us. One thing about rocks, when you hit a rock or you chisel a rock or you hit it with a hammer, a rock doesn't cry, amen? But we are living stones based on 1 Peter chapter 2. We are living stones. Let me tell you about living stones. When we get hit with a hammer and when the chisel is used on us, we sometimes cry because it hurts. But the master sculptor is knocking off the stuff that doesn't look like Jesus. The purpose is good. And God uses all things in our lives. That means the happy times. It means the sad times. It it means when there's that great victory you had or that horrible defeat that you experienced. It means when you face that challenge in life or whenever you are struggling with disappointments of heart, God uses all things as a hammer a chisel, or an instrument to work in your life, to work in my life. Let me share with you something. I told you I'd tell you about it later. The first time God ever showed me the the truth of this passage and gave me this message, finding rest on God's sculpturing table, was for me to preach 
at my church in Enterprise, Alabama on January the 1st of 1995. Got to get that in your mind. That's 24 years ago. January the 1st of 1995. And I'm preaching just as I'm preaching here that you have to know in your heart that God uses all things, good times, hard times, whatever it is, God's going to use those things in your life. And to close that message, just like I do in the service over there, not so much here, I went to the back door and I was shaking people's hands on the way out and I saw one of my deacons standing here beside me. That was kind of unusual. As soon as the last person went through, my deacon came up and said, you have an emergency phone call. Your sister said you got to call her. Well, they had placed my dad in the hospital on Friday. I couldn't get down there Saturday because I had a wedding and my mom told me to go ahead and preach and then come down and see him. And when I got on the phone after that message, you got to remember I just preached this message. My sister says, Dad has crashed and you need to get here to Mobile Infirmary as fast as you can. He may not make it till you get here. And so I drove for about three and a half hours to get there, praying that my dad would be survive, survive till I got there. My dad, who was one of my heroes in life that I love greatly, my dad was, had totally had a respiratory attack and had crashed. I never really talked to him very much after that. Every once in a while, I'd have a few moments. But by that Friday, he died. And on that next Sunday, one week, one week after I preached this message that God uses all things to form you and shape you into the image of his son, one week later, I'm burying my dad. Let me tell you the, the irony of that. This week, at the first this week, I just started looking through messages that I felt like the Lord would impress on me to preach. And whenever I was looking through the messages, I came to this message on finding rest on God's sculpting table about Tuesday. And I said, I believe that's what the Lord wants me to preach. Lynn's dad's been sick, but not nearly at the point of death. But then he died in his, early in the morning on Friday. I said, what an irony that I would preach the message of my dad the first time in 1995, the week that we buried my dad. And then God impressed on my heart to preach this message this Sunday, the week that we'll bury her dad. And you know what it does to me? It reinforces the truth that God uses all things. Even the toughest of times, God uses all things. To shape us and mold us and make. Because what? He puts all those things, listen, all those things together. All those things together. Here's one of our problems. Listen to me now, pay attention. Here's one of our problems. We, we don't realize that we're like a puzzle being put together and our life's like a puzzle. And if you take one little piece out of that puzzle, it absolutely makes no sense. But if you put that piece of the puzzle inside the rest of the puzzle and everything comes together, it does make sense. And it can be beautiful. Our problem is sometimes whenever that piece of the puzzle is that hardship and that difficulty, we miss out on the fact that that's a part of the whole puzzle that God is moving and working and shaping in our life to make us like his son. Don't get caught up on one piece of the puzzle. Amen? Because God uses all things for our good. To conform us into the image of his son. What is the ultimate purpose? Well, what's the ultimate purpose of our life and, and this being on the sculpting table? Look what it says in verse 29. 
For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Here it is. That he, talking about Jesus, that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. What is the ultimate purpose of why God has us on the sculpturing table is forming us in the image of his son. What is it? It is for Jesus Christ to be first, the firstborn among many brethren. Now, hold on a second so that you understand that. When it says the firstborn among many brethren, it's not talking about sequential order. It's not talking at Jesus first and this one second and we're a million down the line. It's not talking about sequential order. But rather, it's talking about in the area of importance or what you call preeminence. Okay? It's talking about that Jesus is the firstborn. He is the preeminent one. Or this is what it really means. That in everything that happens in my life, through my life, and by the hand of Almighty God, that Jesus might be glorified. That Jesus might be honored. Jesus might be glorified. Let me tell you, my friend, the greatest time of glorifying God is the midst of struggles of heart, struggles of life, when you have tears coming down your face, but you are glorifying Jesus Christ because of who he is. That's the deepest and sweetest experience you can have as a Christian. Because he's working and molding and making and shaping us for Jesus' glory, or the Son's glory. I like to imagine what heaven is like. I mean, I, I see things in a, in a real casual way in heaven, even though he's almighty God. But don't you like to think sometimes that Jesus, that, that the Father just wants to kind of punch the angels and, and points that and says, man, look, look what my son did. You see those old wretched sinners down there? You see my game was down there? That, that guy has no hope at all. But you know what my son did? My son redeemed him. He redeemed him and, and he's, he's headed to heaven. But not only did he redeem him, he's working every day to transform him and to make him more like Jesus. Isn't my son wonderful? Isn't he worthy of glory and honor? Oh, yes, he is. It's all about Jesus. I know it's going to shock you. I know it's going to shock you. It's all about Jesus. It's really not about you. (laughs) It's really not about you. He's the firstborn. He gets the glory. He gets the honor. Well, the last thing. It's last, not because it's least, but because it's the most important thing. Is the first words of chapter, of verse 28. Listen to what it says. Don't miss it. How do you have peace? How do you find peace on God's sculpturing table? Here's what it says. And we know. There it is. Here's what Paul said. And we know. That God causes all things to work together for good. For those who love him and 
who are called according to his purpose and the ones he foreknew and he predetermined that they would become conformed into the image of the son in order that the firstborn, he could be firstborn among many brethren. Here's what Paul says. The way you have peace on the sculpturing table is that you know. You know what? You know all of what we just talked about. You know it. There are two different words for know in the Greek language. One is the word gnosko. It means to grow, to grow in our knowing. We don't know everything, but we're trying to learn it. But the other word is the word oida. And the word oida means to know with certainty, without a shadow of a doubt. The word that is used here by Paul is the word oida. He says, I know without a shadow of a doubt. I know without any hesitation. I know that God causes all things to work together for my good. That I'd be like Jesus and that Jesus would be glorified. I know that. That's how he has rest on God's sculpturing table. Say, well, the apostle Paul, I mean, he might have had an easy life. Oh, really? Have you read that lately? (laughs) Have you read about the apostle Paul who says he knows that all these things are caused by God and worked by God. I mean, let's see, how many times was he beaten with rods? He was stoned, left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He was in every prison that you could possibly imagine. And he finally was martyred for the cause of Christ. Easy life, sounds like to me. What about you? But he said, I can handle all of that. I can live through all of that because I know that God is using that for my good, to make me godly, to make me more like his son because he placed me on that sculpturing table when I, on the Damascus Road, gave my heart to his son. I know it. And his son is worth all the glory and praise and adoration that I or anyone could give him. I can rest on God's sculpturing table, for I know. Do you want to have rest in your heart? Do you want to have peace in your heart? Do you want to be able to handle every situation, circumstance you're going to face, whether it's the greatest exhilaration of heart or the greatest disappointment or challenge you've ever had? You want to know, you want to have that peace in your heart? Then know. Know that God is God. He's in charge. And He's in charge of you. And that He's working diligently in your life to shape and mold you Into the image of his son. Let me tell you something that's comforting to me. You know, anybody who's a sculptor, they can mess up. Can't they? I mean, when you you knock off a part of the rock that's not supposed to be knocked off, you can't glue it back on. You know what they have to do? They have to take that rock and either put it over in the corner... Or they have to figure out something else to make out of it because you can't glue it back on. But here's a great comfort that you and I have. God Almighty is the master sculptor. He never makes a mistake. You hear that? He never makes a mistake. And he knows exactly what needs to be knocked off that's not like Jesus. 
And he knows exactly what instrument he needs to use. And he knows exactly when and how the pressure needs to happen. All for your good. Some of you need that today. Some of you all need that tomorrow. Some of you may need it next week. But I'll assure you, if you're on God's sculpturing table because you're a child of God, you're going to need it because he's working in your life. He's working in your life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you've never been placed on that sculpturing table. Let me tell you, you need to give your heart to Jesus today. (laughs) It's a wonderful thing to know that the master sculptor works in our life and he's working for good. It's a wonderful thing to know that you're going to heaven. That you have eternity in your future. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, give your heart to Jesus today. Child of God, you may need to come today and say, man, I'll tell you, Brother Mac, I'm going through the sculpturing table right now. I feel like I'm going through a lot, beat on, hit on here. I, I, I need this word, and I just want to commit my life fresh and anew to Jesus and his care for me and his work in me. And I want him to give me peace. I want to know these truths in my heart. Maybe you need to come and do that today. So you need to make a fresh commitment of who you are and knowing God's control over your life because you don't know what you'll face tomorrow or the next day. But we need to grab hold of that and know that. God impressed on my heart, like I said before, I ever knew that my father-in-law, who's been my father-in-law almost 40 years, uh, would pass this week. God impressed on my heart this message needs to be preached, and I believe it's being preached because somebody needs it. Amen. That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon dash series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.